in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to RodandGunsitDown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 626 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live once again from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, well, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about what's really going on up in the cockpit sometimes, especially when you're flying overseas, because there's a story about a pilot that was doing some na 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 and now we're hearing uh, from other pilots and flight attendants that that this might be happening uh, more than we think. Uh, also, hey, we just had one hell of a client appreciation family kind of neighbor party at one of my STRs, uh, a short-term rental. And it's one that we started working on four years ago. We rebuilt this home in Magnolia. We finally had a big party. We had all our friends come. I'd say about a hundred of our clients were there. Uh, Cha-Cha, who listens to this broadcast, was our caterer. Adrian set the party up. It was really amazing. We can't wait to tell you about it. And uh, we hope that all of you will come to the next one. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Let's talk about retirement. I heard Matthew McConaughey, Ron, say something the other day that I thought was really cool. And he said, you know what? What are you waiting for? Why are you saving all your money? Why are you saving your millions of dollars? Why not spend some of those millions or thousands or hundred thousands, whatever that is, right now? Because by the time you get old enough to start spending that money, a lot of times you end up spending that money on healthcare, trying to stay alive. You can't travel anyway. You had the opportunity when you were younger and you didn't take it. And then you get to those retirement years. And I think this is really interesting. This is about a couple that was looking at retirement and they were looking at traveling and uh, they came up with a pretty ingenious idea, didn't they? Yeah, they, they started pricing out. If you look at, at homes or facilities that are geared towards retirement age, that especially if they include meals, which a lot of places do, we've, we had some, we've had some clients that got an apartment and part of the deal was that there's basically a restaurant there. So many of your meals are sort of included in that fee. Uh, many times they need transportation everywhere. So if you want to go to the store, if you want to go to appointments, if you want to go out and about, uh, the facility itself has a driver and a van. So there's all these amenities that you can get. It's not a nursing home, but it's a, an assisted living home. It can be very, very expensive. And so this, this couple looked at that expense and was like, you know what we could do? Because we have some uh, membership tiers and different things. We could book back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back cruises on the same cruise line. And it turns out to be less expensive than if we went into the assisted living home we had. Wow. All our meals are included. Mm. All the activities, we, we literally have a cruise director yeah. giving us activities. We will get to know the staff and the crew and the cooks. Julie McCoy, and the porters. Gopher, Captain Stuby. The captain. They're all good. Isaac, they're all going to be there. Right? I think they took 40 or they booked 41 
51. 51 back-to-back yeah. cruises. Yeah. And the more they would book, they would get more <laughs> points and tears couldn't and get freebies. Off the, couldn't get off the damn ship. And, and so they just, that was the lifestyle they chose. There, there's other versions of this where you can book a cruise around the world or buy uh, basically an apartment yeah. on a moving vessel. And so I, I think being creative in that way, uh, is appealing to some, not appealing to everyone. I- I'm going through a version of this right now where you and I uh, talked earlier this year and-, and I said, hey, I I I feel most alive when I'm traveling and exploring the world. You do. When you come when you come back from traveling, you're 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 a different person and the glow of it can it, it sometimes it lasts up to six months. Like I, I see that I see that in you. So I, I always encourage you to do that. So uh, I am, have configured an experiment this year, and, and thank you for signing off on it as my business partner and friend, where, where I'm going to go uh, abroad for over a month. Mm-hmm. And it's the f- I, I've always daydreamed of what it would be like to do this. I have a hypothesis of whether or not I would like it, but I've never done it. Mm-hmm. And same thing. It's like, well, I could wait till I retire. I could wait year, you know, another 10, 12 years to do this, but why, what, what is it that has been holding me back? And and a big part of that has been fear Hmm. or it has been thinking like, Oh, if I leave, this is going to fall apart or that's going to fall apart or I'm letting people down or I'm doing whatever. So I am meeting with you. I'm meeting with our uh, team members that we have here at Ron on real estate. And I'm like, Here's going to be my game plan. I'm going to be accessible to you. It's going to be some different hours because I'm going to be in a different time zone. But uh, I still, I want to be available. I want to do my work. Uh, It's going to be a working vacation. But to, to the thing that you just spoke about, it's like, why would I, I've been stopping myself from doing this from the time I was a teenager where I had opportunities to go do things. And I always deferred to the excuse. Well, I got football camp. So I can't, you know, my friend Anthony's like, we can go to Italy and I got a buddy pass and it, all you, it'll cost you very little. Ah, uh, you know, I got to learn the three, the three step drop from coach hall and coach Johns. Like I can't miss that. Uh, but looking back now, I know I could have missed a week and a half of, of football. I, I, I still pr- most likely would have made the team. And Coach Hall is dead and Coach Johns is retired in 70. Right. Yeah. So it's like I, I probably still would have made the team and lettered in football sure. if I had have. done that. And then uh, every time that we got fired in radio, I was like, man, this would be the perfect time to go on an adventure. But then I would talk myself out of it. Even the last time we did this, I had a trip already booked with Tom Tangney from the radio station. We were going to go follow the Tour de France for a week. And we had, uh, the airfare was already done. I'd picked out the Airbnbs. We were going to go. I was going to drive because he doesn't have a driver's license. And <laughs> we were going to follow. Tom Taney, by the way, if you don't know him, he's a movie critic uh, and a great radio host that's retired from Cairo. So we were going to do that, and I canceled it. Yeah. And I regret doing that because I, I should have just done it. Uh, I, think I, bet Tom still... reg- I bet Tom regrets it, too, because there's no one to drive he him around. He actually went to... To Paris, to uh, France with his wife. Good for him. But then change didn't do the tour part. She's prettier than you are. Anyway, exactly. So, so worked out I, okay for Tom. I think I agree with what you're saying. I agree that I hope these folks had a great time on their cruise. Uh, I think if you can do this, you should do it. And if you can work things in, I, we have a friend, my my old buddy, Dr. J, the, up by the, the tiny house, yep. figured out a way. He loved travel as well. So he signed up for Doctors Without Borders yep. years ago when it first came along. And he's like, 
I'm going to travel. Yep. I'm going to use my skill set to help people yep. around the world and have an adventure. And that's the, the thing that he did so he wouldn't feel like, oh, I'm leaving yep. my practice. Yeah, I think we, we, we had our, our climate party, which I mentioned at the top. Two of my favorite people in the world walk through the door. It's the Hathaways, right? So the Hathaways walk through the door. And they have a place up north. And we went to visit them months ago. And we said, hey, what does the future look like? They're retiring. They raise their kids here. It's a beautiful home. Just an amazing home. And we have a couple things to do. He's been doing most of it, right? So uh, they said, we really like to spend the holidays here. Have our kids come back one more time, and then we're moving to Bend. So they were just in Bend a few days ago, and they said, you know, Don, the problem is when we go down to Bend that uh, there's not a lot for sale down there. And so they're beginning to feel a little stuck toward the first part of the year. And they're like, we really feel like in order to find something, we need to be down there. So we, we, we actually talked through it, and we talked through it before, and I said, what do you think? And then at the party, we were chatting, and they said, hey, we made a decision. We talked to another real estate agent along with our family, and someone in our family is real smart about this stuff. And what we decided to do is something that my parents could have never done or my grandparents could have never done is we're going to go down there and rent like a 30-day Airbnb. And the great thing about a 30-day, you guys, and I own a number of 30 days, is it if you want it to be a year, it can be because you just say we're gonna sign we're we're gonna do five months of the thirty day. It's fully furnished down to the butter knife. You just show up with your stuff. You can move out of your house because they need a leverage of the money in their house, but they don't want to be pushed into buying something. Uh, and sometimes you feel pushed. You're like, okay, we sold the house. We have this money. We're closing in 30 days or 45 days. We have to find something because we have to have somewhere to move. No, you don't. What you can do is just put your things in storage, right? You can travel a little bit. So you don't even have to go to Bend. You can say, you know, what? we're going to do 30 days in Barcelona with Ron. And then we're going to do 30 days in Paris. And then we're going to do 30 days in upstate New York because we've never been there. And then we're going to go to Bend and we're just going to stay there for as long as it takes. And what we might do is we might take that 30 day and for 30 days live in different places in Bend. In the meantime, we don't have to worry about bringing the dishes and the butter knife with us because we have our personal items that we need that make our house a home. And at the end of that, you might decide, maybe I don't want to move to Bend. Maybe you want to live in upstate maybe New York. Maybe I want to visit Bend. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so now you ha- you're sitting on a pile of money. You have the leverage of that sitting in the bank. And for whatever reason, I'm looking out the window of my studio right now. Should I talk to Sarah? She brings her damn dog over here every day. The dog takes a shit in my yard. And even though she cleans it up, then she, then she takes the dog back home. And then she puts the dog inside. She leaves. The dog barks the entire time until she comes home. And then the dog is quiet because she's home now. She just did it again. She did it this morning. The dog just came over and took a shit in my yard. I would, if it bothers you, I'd bring it up. Yeah. Hey, Sarah! Stop! How are you? <laughs> Every dog stops shitting in my yard. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. And guess what? It's the summer driving season, so that probably means that you want to take your boat somewhere. Yeah, or maybe you want to take your travel trailer, your Jayco, the little pop-up, whatever it is. A lot of times when they're driving, we think of things on four wheels, but not the other thing on two, four, or eight wheels. And that could be your travel trailer 
or your boat trailer or your ATV trailer, guess what? Les Rob has you covered this summer. Yeah, right, we Ron? told you about the free pre-trip safety check. Take your boat trailer in there. There's nothing worse than getting a flat or problem with, with the boat on the back. We had a boat fly off a trailer when I was a kid. It was a disaster. So go to Les Schwab right now. Set that up. You can schedule your appointment in advance at leschwab.com or stop by any location. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Don. Now, listen to me. I had a neighbor walk up the street and say to me the other day, hey, we're interested in having you sell our home, but it seems like this is a bad time to sell a home, and we need the money from our home to leave Queen Anne, Washington, and we're going to Mexico, and we're taking our dog that we found in Mexico, Poncho, we're taking him back home, and that's where we're going to live from now on. What's crazy is... The gentleman that owns that house used to own the house that I'm sitting in. They sold me this house, right? Anyway, I had some good news for them, and I had to tell them, hey, it's the summer months. You want to sell in the fall? The market is actually very good right now for sellers. But your home must be dialed in, and Ron, you must do your work in this marketplace right now. And if you do, sellers, you will be rewarded, right? Yeah, and it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. No obligation. It's free of charge. It's on Zoom. It's about half an hour. Email me directly, ron at ronandon.com or go to the website, ronandonsitdown.com. Yeah, dude, that's totally annoying. My At my building, these same people come by. Dog takes a huge dump right by the mailboxes. They pick it up. Huh. And then instead of opening the dumpster, yeah. you know where the dumpster is. Yep. Instead of opening the dumpster and putting their dog shit in the dumpster, wow. they set it on the ledge. <laughs> or they just toss it over the fence around the dumpster. Yeah. So you'll go out to, you know, take your trash out and there's nine bags of dog crap. Yeah, just because you have a bag, it still doesn't mean I want your because I have all these flower these fall flowers out here. I don't want that damn dog coming over. And, and I, it's a big Great Dane, and it shouldn't be locked in that. It's locked sometimes in that house for 12 hours a day. Uh, his name is Jack. And and you c- can you imagine a Great Dane dump in your front yard after he's been in there for 12 well, hours? I've seen it. And just because you have a bag doesn't mean I want your dog taking a dump. Oh, we're back? Oh, we're back. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. Hey, Ron, what is going on? We were just talking about traveling. Uh, we were talking about off air, uh, taking, do- I don't I hope you guys didn't hear that. Also, uh, uh, you and I were talking about traveling and the fact that, uh, you know, sometimes we know some pilots. When you're flying overseas and you've done that flight a million times, uh, we've seen stories where pilots have kind of overshot the airport because they're up there sleeping, some of them looking at porn, or some of them are doing other things. In fact, a pilot just got fired, and as a result of this story, there's a lot of stories coming out about what happens up there in the cockpit, right? This is uh, one of the things I love Reddit about. So if you're if you're not familiar with Reddit, it's an online group where you can start a thread. Like everything's categorized. So you could be under travel or pilots yeah. or whatever. You can start a thread and then people comment on the thread and they can vote it up. So it becomes more popular and more exposed. And so people start telling their stories. So here, here's the one that I, I honestly want you to get like your, your real 
God's honest truth with, with the life that you've lived and the history you've had. Because the airlines had to come up with a policy. And so they said, so like, for instance, um, you know, you have a friend that was a pilot and he used to tell me, hey, when I, I was on the route to Australia, we would fly to Australia. Um, the airline puts us up in a nice hotel to recuperate for a couple days. And then, and it's all expenses paid. Because it's part of you, you can't just turn around and fly back from Australia. So they would go down there, stay in this, uh, this five star hotel. Then you would fly back and then you'd be back in the United States. So the airlines had to come up with a policy. Yeah. And so they said, we know that these are grown men and women. They're staying in, a, in an establishment. Um, it's not illegal to drink. And so what is the time that we need to say you can't drink? Before you fly. Yep. So let's say their flight is at 8 a.m. The the airlines came up with eight hours. Hmm. So the unions went in, negotiated with the airlines, and they said, you can't have an alcoholic beverage within eight hours of flying. And so this story goes into, well, if you've been partying solid for two days on the Australian beach and hooking up with locals, and they talked about parties in the presidential suite. And the guy and was doing, the and guy the, was, the guy was, this guy got caught for doing cocaine. So, right. Yeah. And, and, uh, he got caught snorting cocaine and he was texting one of the stewardesses bragging about it. She turned him in, but let's just take alcohol. He was, well, he was bragging about snorting the cocaine off basically a hooker's chest. Right. And sent her the note. She sent the note to the airline. The airline took him out of the cockpit. They sent him back stateside. By the time he got back stateside, cocaine's in and out of your system pretty quick. He still tested positive for cocaine. He must have done a lot of cocaine. So that, <laughs> I, I think that that's an edge case. I don't think most pilots are doing cocaine. I do think most pilots will drink when they are abroad, as staying at a fancy hotel, yep. and it's on the airline dime. So n- knowing what you know and the life that you've lived and all that stuff is... What rule would you have made? Because I look at that and go, What's the I've had a bunch of red uh, of flights first thing in the morning, and it's conceivable that someone partied for two days straight up until midnight, and technically yeah. the union would say they're allowed to fly. But they could have had 19 cocktails between 11 and midnight, and then been at the airport at six for the 8 a.m. flight and they could be sweating pure alcohol. I don't want that guy behind the flight. And I also, but I don't know what the time should be. Well, flying a plane is like baseball to me. Baseball is very, very boring until it's not. It's like being a cop or being a firefighter. My friends that are firefighters, I drove by the engine house for engine 20 the other day. They can't shine the truck anymore. They can't clean the floor. Uh, they're in there playing pickleball. But then all of a sudden you get a call and there's a building on fire down in the marina and you and, and you go from playing pickleball to driving, you know, this 30-ton truck through the streets and now you're making sure that not only other structures don't catch on fire, you're also making sure that lives are saved, animals are saved, uh, other structures around are saved. People are saved, and your fellow firefighters are saved. So I, I think when you're when you're going on shift, I, I don't. I concur with you. Living in New Orleans, I watched people. There's a girl down there, and I've shared the story before that could party on Friday. We would see her at Coyote Ugly on Friday, 
And then you and I would do a broadcast. We did rock radio at Kaido Elegy. I'd try to go out with them and I would have to go home at some point because you and I would get up one thirty, two o'clock in the morning because we're doing morning radio. She could stay out all night with her friends. The next morning, maybe take a nap, go to the LSU game, stay out most of the night on Saturday, and then turn around, go see the Saints in the Dome with all her friends. If the Saints win, they go back down to the quarter, keep partying, take a nap and show up at work on Monday. And a lot of people in New Orleans start work on Monday at noon. And then there people don't really work on Friday. So they work Monday afternoon, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They might check in on Friday. And then it's, it's, then they let the good times roll. You see some of those people now and they just, not only did they get hammered, but after I've seen them, I, I go back and visit after living down there 16 years ago. And, and, and that lifestyle wreaks havoc, havoc on you. I think it's the same with being a pilot. All these fly-by-wire planes. Uh, we saw your friend Marco. He works for Boeing, and he was explaining uh, some of the things that he does with Boeing. He's been there for years. So we were, we were talking about Boeing and some of the planes that he has been part of building. And they're ju- you, some of these planes, he says that you and I could fly until you can't. And then all of a sudden, you need a pilot to be a freaking pilot when all of a sudden the plane is falling out of the sky and has to figure things out. They say some of the problems that we have that we have seen recently on big commercial airlines, even cargo planes, is a lot of these pilots never flew in the Navy. They never flew in the military. They've never really had to fly a plane like you do in the military. We have to fly that thing or you have to land that on an aircraft carrier. That comes in handy when the plane starts falling from the sky. And that's why we've seen some of the catastrophes. So it would be interesting to give a breathalyzer test <laughs> before they take control yeah. of the jet. Yeah. The unions would never agree to that. Yeah. But I bet there would be a lot of canceled flights in America. Yeah. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks. You hear him on the show from Mitch.loans. And Mitch, you guys have a cool program out right now because interest rates are higher than they've been for quite a while, but you have a, a solution possibly for buyers. We do. Rates are high, but they're expected to go down. And that's why we came up with this program. It's the Rate Replace Program. So you can buy at current rates. And then when rates drop within the next year or so, you actually get to replace that rate and the fees are on us. So you can refinance that loan into a new loan and we will cover the lender fees for you. So that's the rate and replace program. Replace that rate. Very cool. So that's a, a really a good incentive for buyers. Uh, you can buy now with the security of knowing that Mitch at Mitch.loans will replace that rate. Check him out right now online at Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys. Hey, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. We recently had a client appreciation party at one of my homes out in Magnolia that I bought with a couple of my partners. And it was interesting because a lot of a lot of the neighbors thought when they saw this party going on that we were trying to sell the house. So they were coming by for the open house and they said, man, like my uh, neighbor next door, Michael, I, inv- I went over and invited him and said, Michael, come on over. And I guess I wasn't clear enough saying we're not trying to sell the house. We're just having a celebration and we don't really allow parties in this house. It's it's a we, we, we bought it for a million. It's worth about four million now. It's a short term rental. The thing we love about it is a lot of families come because, you know, Ron, that the uh, cruise ships are nearby. So a lot of families will come from all over the world. They 
stay in the house together. Many of them have family reunions there. And then they take a cruise up to Alaska or somewhere. Sometimes they come back and they stay in the house again. So we love being a part of those memories and people come for Christmas, whatever it is. You have a lot of people come for graduations, a lot of reasons to celebrate. A lot of pilots stay there. Yeah, you never know. But we don't allow big parties. We say, hey, we got great neighbors. We met a lot of our neighbors because we did a lot of the work on our on the house ourselves. If you'd like to see the house, it's up on my Facebook page. Just go to Don O'Neill. I just put a, a reel of the house when we bought it, the work that we did, our kids, G-Force, they worked on it with us, along with Joe, Jennifer, uh, their kids, Tallulah, Waverly. We all, we all worked on this house. And then uh, Jennifer helped make the house look the way the house looks. It looks so amazing. We've had it on an STR for about a year, someone asked me at the party, what's an STD? Uh, and I said, no, it's not an STD, it's an STR, short-term rental. They're like, oh, got it. Uh, so it's done very well, and we called our friend Cha-Cha, who listens to this broadcast, she's part of the Ron and Don Nation. She came out, was our personal chef, so if you're looking for one. Adrian Merriman, who is our personal stager for all the homes that we stage, she staged the party, did a great yeah, job, fantastic. you guys. Yeah, so if you ever need a stager, reach out, we'll let you know. Uh, how to get in touch with her. So we had a really lovely, lovely evening. The neighbors stopped by. We're like, no, we're not selling this house. We just want to celebrate the fall. We want to get our arms around our great clients. We want to thank our friends, our families, uh, especially for putting up with us as we were building this and especially our neighbors. So the neighbors came by. They couldn't have been sweeter. It was a lot of fun. They appreciate the fact that we really regulate who stays in that house. Uh, the house has never got anything less than a, than a five-star, which is amazing on short-term rentals, you guys, and you know that. I think it has 32 reviews. It's been on for about a year, uh, so we've been very fortunate. But it's 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 a short-term rental that I run, and, and, and I work on it quite a bit. And this thing about passive income when it comes to real estate, uh, you always find out when there were three, I think there were three glasses of red wine uh, spilled on the white carpet, so that's where I'm headed after I leave here next uh, and some other things. We also had a huge hole in the front yard because there was an issue with the sewer we had to reline. And I was in a panic all week because uh, we had 11 foot hole going out to the main line. So my good friend Parnell from Metropolitan Sewer, they were out there and I'm like, Parnell, you got to help, help, help. Because otherwise people are going to come here. We're not going to be able to use the sinks. We're going to have honey buckets, all that. So our thanks to Metropolitan Sewers for getting that done. Uh, they didn't do it for free though. It's about thirty grand, right? Anyway, uh, what was kind of your your takeaway? Your takeaway from the party? My takeaway from thirty thousand feet. It was really fun to see people that you I love so much that have never met each other, and they met, they clicked, they hit it off. That was really fun for me to watch. That was fun. And the other thing, and I, I'm writing about this in our newsletter. You can get at the Ron and Don Nation News, RonandDon.com. Just cool. sign up for it. And I don't know if you, if you went through this at all. <clears throat> when, when we were on the radio, many, many times, I can't even count the number of times, we'd go in and do, I felt like we would do a solid show just about every day. Every once in a while, we, there would be a show that was off, and every once in a while, you'd have a, a, just an exceptional show. Most of the time, it was just a solid show day in and day out. We were doing four hours of radio a day. But many times at the end of that, the show would end... And I had this feeling of just like whatever I just did all day just vanished. Like there was no mm. work product. Yep. It just, we spoke 
It went out into the air, mm -hmm. across a transmitter. It hit somebody's ear through a headphone or a speaker, mm -hmm. and then it disappeared. And so if you asked me at the end of the day, show me what you did today, there was nothing really to show. So it was this very, and it was still satisfying, and we did a good job, and we made money for the company and all that. But it was just this very ephemeral thing that we did every day. At the party, when I was watching all these families and I was watching these people who every single one of them came to one of the biggest intersections of their life. It was either my mother just died. Help me. That was a, that was a theme among a subset of people. Mm. Another one was, um, our kids are out of the house. We desperately need a change. Help me. Mm -hmm. So we had families like that. Mm -hmm. We had other families who were like, I'm moving back to Washington because we just had a baby. Help me. Mm -hmm. Another one was like, we need a second source of income. We don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Help me. So there was these storylines floating around, and I could see the, almost like a thought bubble of everybody's head. <coughs> And I had such a sense of, I couldn't put my finger on it in real time, but afterwards it was like, oh, it's a tangible thing. Like I can go to these houses. I can text these people. We, we never knew who was listening to us on the radio. Like it was like, hey, 13,600 people listened that quarter hour. It's like, okay. I'm like, I don't know who that is. I can't text them. I can't reach out to them. I can't go to their house. <coughs> they can't come to our party. But these folks, we can go to their house. I do know what they are. We have gone through a journey. And so I just had this profound sense of beyond gratitude. It was a sense of like of a tangible thing. If, if you said to me at the end of our party, what was the work product? I could be like, let's go to that person's house. And let me tell you this person's story. And these people are now friends of mine. And I had... Uh, one of my favorite people that we've ever done a, a real estate group with, Heather and Juan Carlos. Juan Carlos hugged me at the end of the night. <coughs> Another, you know, grown man to grown man. We've done two deals with them. 16 offers on the table for that. <laughs> 16 offers on the table for that house on, on Capitol Hill. So, And when he left that night, he hugged me and he said, I love you. Yeah. And unironically, mm. I said, I love you too. Because mm. I do. We, 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 he's one of those people that I just have a, 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 a a connection with when you meet someone like, Oh, this is, this is my, one of my people. And so I don't think I ever told anyone in radio that I loved them. Like a, not, not a, a person, a listener or mm -hmm. someone at an event or whatever. And we would, you know, we would do a, perf you know, a live event. Sometimes people go, I love you right now or whatever. <laughs> but uh, love you is not, I love you. That is right. That is, that is, that is very different. So for me, it was a, for the first time, really, mm. uh, in probably 30 years, where if you asked me, and this is one of the reasons, to do a tangent for a second, why I love stuff like woodworking, or I love stuff like, I've recently you know, got into some watches and stuff. Mm. You can take a physical object and see that someone really cared about this thing, yep. whether it's a, a table or a house or a watch or a guitar or something. You go, this was... Someone took effort to make this thing. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time in really 30 years where I had that sense of like, Don and I are craftsmen. Mm. We've plied our trade. 
to do right by everyone in this room before we do right by ourselves. Yeah. Like, uh, it's not about the money generated or the commissions or compensation. I wanted to make sure, and I can say this wholeheartedly that each one of those people got the very best result we could possibly get. Mm. And I think they felt that. And there was a tangible thing that I could point to and go that house right there changed those people's lives. Mm. I met these people. Uh, they needed a thing. We solved all the problems. We knocked down every domino. We got them to the finish line. Mm-hmm. And and I had multiple people tell me, I don't know what I would have done without you and Don. Yeah. I, you made my life better. Um, thank you for everything you did because I didn't know what I didn't know. And you you helped me accomplish the thing I always wanted to accomplish and never accomplished. I love that. I, I think we'll leave this episode right there. I love what Ron said. We didn't have tchotchkes there. We didn't have shtick. Uh, we didn't give away our Ron and Don mugs, even though people were asking me for those. So I probably should have. I should have probably bought, bought a box. So now I have to run around and give everybody Ron and Don mugs. But I'll give you my reaction uh, to the party coming up on episode 627. It all started with a sit down, you guys. That's why we sit down with you. That's why we have Ron and Don sit down. Um, so we can see how can we help in intersecting your life. And a lot of you know us from Cairo. A lot of you know that we raised $12 million for 400 causes over 13 years that we really cared about. But that is nothing new to us. Um, I remember in our 20s, we were on the radio in San Francisco. And one of our listeners who was a mover, a bank robber, had walked into a Bank of America and had a gun up to a woman's head. And he jumped in and saved her life. But as a result of that, he was shot in his head. He was special needs for the rest of his life. Money had to be raised. And that's where Cause Radio started all the way back when we were 29 years old. And we still do Cause Radio today. It's just in a different form. And it's in the form of helping people uh, with real estate. So anyway, if you need us, just reach out. com. We love to sit down with you today. And it is an honor when you tell your mom and dad, your grandparents, your neighbor, your friends, someone you met at church or the synagogue, hey, I know these guys, and I think that they could help. And not everything ends in a transaction. It's not supposed to. And I'll leave you with this. I have a neighbor who has cancer, and they're selling a home, supposed to move to Mexico. And they didn't even know I was a real estate agent because I don't – Tell my neighbors that. I'm not, I want to be a neighbor to my neighbor. So anyway, they had an agent that's helping them. They had a moving sale. And 16 agents showed up at this moving sale because they saw it published. And they said, hey, I want the listing. I'll drop my commission. I'll guarantee this kind of money. And I asked my neighbor, John, I said, but did they help you at the moving sale? He said, no. <laughs> then I went and helped him move his couch and I said uh, <laughs> boy these real estate agents bad sometimes I hate being called one because I crap like that anyway if you need us Ron and Don sitdown.com we are here for you as broadcasters real estate agents and as your friends as well until next time right Charlie yeah Charlie's here in his little bed right now at our new studios we're gonna 
unveil here in the next couple weeks. You keep your head up and your shoulders back. You've been listening to the Ron and Don Show. Oh, they on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. We'll be right back.